The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 23rd College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, the Banditos' fresh made daily kickoff with your host, Phil Houck. Game day in South Bend, Indiana. Tickets in hand. Tailgate parties galore. 268 consecutive home sellouts. 77,622 seats packed to capacity. Every game broadcast to millions. Gold helmets and the Golden Dome, the Grotto, the Gipper, and the Irish Guard. Moose, Rudy, the Era of Era, Lou, Leahy, and Newt Rockney. Fair Catch Corby, War Number One Moses, and Touchdown Jesus. America the Beautiful, Notre Dame, our mother the 1812 Overture, and the Victory March. All performed by America's oldest university band. Seven Heisman Trophy winners, 13 NFL Hall of Famers, 47 in the College Hall, 69 first-round draft picks, 195 first-team All-Americans, 99% graduation rate, and... 11 consensus national championships. It's game day in South Bend, Indiana, and Banditos with three Fort Wayne locations, Waynedale, Georgetown, and Glenbrook Commons. Banditos is fresh made daily. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and Coors Light, the official beer of Saturday morning. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and ability provides peace of mind. Combining local expertise with access to national and international experts through their affiliation with BDO, the fifth largest accounting firm in the world. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning. The full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! This is Art Salzberg. I don't endorse everybody, but I've found a company that I think provides a great service. The company is Shearer McCulloch, and what they do is targeted specifically for seniors, people who may be thinking about downsizing and are overwhelmed by the thought of what it's going to take. Shearer McCulloch will pack you up, move you, and then sell your house and everything that's left. Now that's the most comprehensive relocation service anywhere, and what I call in sports terms covering all the bases. Sharon McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They're looking to get top dollar from people who have an interest in the special treasures you've collected over the years. Sharon McCulloch is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms. If Sharon and I decide to make a change in lifestyle, we'll be calling Sharon McCulloch at 441 441- 
441-8636. That's 441-8636. We trust them, and we know they'll make things easy and profitable. We all have our mountains, the challenges that push us further. At Coors Light, our mountain is brewing the world's most refreshing beer. That's why all of our breweries cold lager to give Coors Light its signature crisp taste. It's why we cold filter to ensure brilliance and clarity. And it's why we package cold to seal in Coors Light's refreshing flavor. Because we believe every climb deserves a refreshing finish. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Great beer, great responsibility. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Tim Priester, it's kind of been an odd start to the season with a bye week coming after the opening up on a Monday, all that stuff. I know it kind of throws a knuckleball uh, at those of us in our business but also gives us a, tr- a chance maybe to try some things we don't usually do. So, Tim, let's talk about some memorable opening days or two in South Bend over the years. And you got you and I have seen a lot of them. Uh, some of the games I came up with, uh, the crazy lightning delay in, in 2011, Brian uh, Kelly's second year, that was USF, and that resulted in a loss, but that was a crazy day. Uh, one of my favorite games, Texas 2015, uh, Tarian Folston uh, goes out, I think it was on the first series, uh, but that turned into a coming out party for C.J. Procise. Josh Adams also had a good day. Uh, and the four field goals that Reggie Ho kicked against Michigan in, in a national title year, 1988. First night game, Dave Duerson, a, a hero in that game in 82. That was Michigan again. But Tim, you came up with a couple of others, so go. Well, I thought the, the 1986 game, Lou Holtz's first game, it was a loss to Michigan, but the previous five years had, had been so bad. And just the way they performed and competed, I thought that that was an indication that everything was going to be a lot better under Lou Holtz and it proved to be true. And then the other one is, is 1991. I call it the Irv Smith game. Nordane played Indiana in the home opener. It was the first game of the NBC contract and, uh, Irish Illustrated did an interview, a story on Irv Smith this past summer, talking about uh, the tackle-breaking touchdown reception and run that he had that was so memorable where he carried people into the end zone yeah. uh, and, and quite a few yards before he reached the end zone. So those are those are a couple that come to mind for me. Yeah, that, that day of the Irv Smith's touchdown, I think that was the first day of the NBC television contract as well. And the other thing I remember about that game is how unbelievably and uncomfortably warm it was. I think the temperature was about 100 degrees, people literally passing out in the stands. Uh, and in the 86 game, I would I totally agree. I never walked out of a stadium after a game feeling so good about a loss. And I think that sums up everything uh, about how well the Irish played that day and how, 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 how well we felt about things might be start to go under Lou Holtz. Uh, Tim, of course, uh, home opener means home field advantage for the Irish. And Tim, this week you unearthed uh, a fact that surprised a lot of us. The Irish have won 11 in a row at home now, going back to the Miami of Ohio game in 2017. And historically, that's a really good accomplishment, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And I should have clarified, it. it's Notre Dame's longest winning streak in Notre Dame Stadium. New Rockney had had some home winning streaks that extended up to I think forty games before the before they built Notre Dame Stadium. But yeah, the eleven game winning streak at home is the third longest in Notre Dame Stadium history, which seems very unusual. Now there were twenty eight in a row, and that was 
Frank Leahy, and it, it was actually from 1942 into the 1950 season because they played fewer games then, and back then they would only play three or four home games. They played a lot of neutral sites as they took the Notre Dame uh, show on the road. And then the other one is 19, and that was Lou Holtz uh, from 80. It started in 87, and it was snapped by Stanford in, in 1990. But, yeah, it's pretty hard to believe, considering how good Notre Dame has been through the years, through the decades, that those would be um, the two longest winning streaks in, in Notre Dame stadium history. Well, and – I think a pretty good chance, and we'll get into later, that it's going to go to at least 12 for the Irish. And the one, the thing that first came to my mind was I was so surprised that there wasn't a longer winning streak during uh, the era Parsegian years, but there wasn't. Okay, Tim, a little postscript on the Louisville game. With a bye week now to reflect, keeping in mind that the final score was just really just about what the odds makers had expected, what was the biggest positive coming out of that game and the biggest negative? Well, the biggest positive was that I, you know, the defense responded after a slow start, giving up a couple touchdowns and then holding Louisville to three points over the final 49 minutes. I'd also throw in the fact that Ian Book, who started slowly, I guess that would be the biggest negative, uh, would be his slow start and just some of the the reads and the pre-snap stuff that he missed. But he did bounce back and played well when he had to, and the offense did click when they had an opportunity to put the game away in the in the second half. So, um, you know, I mean, not not one of the best uh, opening games for Notre Dame, but then when you include guys like Julian O'Quara and Khalid Kareem, who didn't really play up to their normal potential, along with Ian Book, um, you know, we know those guys are going to perform, especially those two defensive ends, and they'll get better. I, I would almost guarantee that that O'Quara and Kareem are going to come back with a vengeance against New Mexico this weekend. Yeah, and to me that really was the biggest negative, is that the veterans did not play particularly well in this game, and you can certainly turn that around into a positive easily, and that's that's good news. Uh, big positive, though, in that game were players like Koromoa, Hamilton, Tommy Trimble playing well, I thought. Okay, let's talk running backs. Now, Jafar Armstrong. Big loss, out at least a month. Tony Jones Jr. now has to be the man. He was good against Louisville, 110 yards, 15 carries, and a touchdown, but he's never carried the ball more than 17 times a game. He did that against Vanderbilt last year. Tim, besides Tony Jones, who gets the carries? Kyron Williams, the true freshman that came in early for the spring, was yanked after a drop pass, and I think that's just a that's just a blip. I, I, they really like him. They like his maturity. You're going to see a bunch of touches for him this weekend. And then Jameer Smith, he apparently uh, sprained a toe when they scrimmaged last Saturday during the bye week. So we'll see where he is. He would be he would be the first guy off the bench if he were completely healthy. We'll see how healthy he is. And I, I want to see Sebo Flemister. I think other than Jafar Armstrong, he's the one that shows the most zip. Back there, you know, it'd just be nice to see him carry eight times in a game and, you know, five times in a series where he gets a chance to get warmed up. But they moved Avery Davis, the former quarterback, former running back, former slot receiver, former cornerback, back to the the backfield. They don't know how much action he'll get. The score should be lopsided enough for him to get carries. But you want those other guys, you want Williams and Jameer Smith and Flemister to get the bulk of those touches. Yeah, you know, Kyron Williams was a guy who I really liked in the spring, and I thought he performed. I was really impressed by him in the blue-gold game this year, and uh, so I would think he really has the most potential there, at least from what I've seen so far. And uh, 
Avery Davis, yeah. <laughs> this guy's got to have whiplash from from running from one side <laughs> of the field to the other. All right, and 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 talking about running backs, let's talk about the only new member of of Brian Kelly's staff, and we haven't talked about that in the first two shows this year. Running backs coach Lance Taylor replaced Autry Denson. Uh, Taylor spent the last two years with the Carolina Panthers, and he also spent three years uh, before that with Stanford. Tim, what have your impressions been of Lance Taylor, and what are your expectations? Personally, I, I, I like him, which doesn't real, is neither here nor there as it relates to Notre Dame football. As a football coach, I mean, I think he's got a pretty good track record. He, he's a guy that, that, that walked on at Alabama, uh, played some running, act, running back, played some slot receiver, has coached some receiver uh, some receivers as well. So he's got the versatility there. That That's beneficial in teaching running backs how to catch the football. He's just a guy that's really impressed. I know Chip Long, the offensive coordinator, was very high on him and happy when he was the one that ended up signing with Notre Dame. There's a lot of upside there with Notre Dame's running backs. The one thing that we noticed probably more than anything in the spring, and then particularly in August, was the physicality and the toughness with which the running backs ran from from one through five, and I think that's a real positive trait. Yeah, I think the future is bright with Lance Taylor. Autry Denson did a good job on the field, but the one area that that seemed to keep coming up was the Notre Dame's inability to recruit better at the running back position, and maybe Lance Taylor will fill that void. If I could just insert, Phil, Chris Chris Tyree, a very highly rated all-purpose back verbally committed once Lance Taylor came to Notre Dame. So I think that's already begun. He's already filled that void, and that's good news indeed. Uh, Tim, on defense, one guy I I couldn't help be thrilled and happy for, cornerback Sean Crawford, oft injured in four years, two ACLs and an Achilles tear. The story's uh, been well told, but Timmy played well in his comeback game against Louisville, but conventional wisdom says that he must have slowed down from all those injuries. But do you think he has? I thought he had uh, when I saw him in the preseason last year. I kind of got the same impression in the spring and a little bit this past August, but uh, he did not play like that. I thought he played a really, really good football game. He was active. He's a quality open field tackler. He gets into the lower body of of ball carriers and receivers. He has very good football instincts. He understands what the opposition wants to do. He's just, when he's healthy, and if you remember the, the, the one year where he was healthy was 2017, he was a good player. He's a difference maker in the win at Michigan State, and he, he's just a quality football player. So they have to be careful. They've got to keep him healthy. He's not a big guy. He looks like he's bigger than he was, uh, but you know he's a guy, obviously, with a history of, of ailments. So they have to be careful. But you know you can be careful with him during the week and then pick some spots during the game. They really need another corner to emerge. Uh, in order to do that, opposite Troy Pride Jr. But it's been, you know, it's been great. He's gone through a lot. He officially declared that he will not be coming back for a sixth year because he certainly would be eligible for it with three season-ending injuries. But uh, we're we're in the final season with Sean Crawford and he got off to a really good start against Louisville. Yeah, absolutely, a great nose for the ball. And uh, you know, with all those injuries, kind of reminds me of Drew Tranquil. He just keeps coming back because Tranquil faced that sort of adversity as well. Uh, Tim, a guy you wrote about this week, Chase Claypool, and you wrote about his mission of physicality. Tell us about that. What does that mean? I thought there was a point last season where every time he touched the football, he was just trying to bury somebody on the on the defensive side of the ball, and that almost six foot four and a half, 
230 pounds. He's a load. Now, he's not as fast as Miles Boykin was, but I think he's a little bit more versatile. He's, he's a little bit more route versatile than Boykin was. And, you know, you throw anywhere in that catch radius of his, and he's really good. So he wants to run people over. He thinks that uh, his teammates, re- teammates react well to that, and the opposition doesn't necessarily react well to that which is all a good thing for Notre Dame. He's been really good. He's with the 90, what was the 94 yard uh, performance against Louisville. He's well on his way to a thousand yard season. And Chip Long has prohibited his wide receivers from running out of bounds. Is that, is that what I understood correctly? Yeah. I mean, he, you know, that's just all part of the whole physicality uh, line of thinking that Notre Dame likes to have offensively. So, yeah, but I, you know, I, I don't think, uh, you know what? What Claypool was referring to there was the the one catch where he uh, he caught it on one sideline and virtually ran across the entire width of the field and came close to getting in the end zone. I don't think he was really seriously thinking about going out of bounds, but Chip Long scares him and scares a lot of the players, so he he didn't dare he didn't dare step out of bounds on that one. Well, it is really uh, a joy and a fun to watch Chase Claypool. After the catch, because you are right, man. He is a man on the mission. And on that run against Louisville after that catch, he almost got it into the end zone. Now, Tim, the Irish are huge favorites this week. That's no no secret. Uh, but last year, particularly against Ball State, but I also think of Vanderbilt and, and, and Pitt, the Irish did not handle being huge favorites particularly well. Is there reason to believe that they're going to handle things differently this year? Well, last year when they were getting ready for Ball State, and Ball State was 2-10 and 10 in 2017, so there was no reason, I guess, for them to really uh, fear them or respect them. And there was a lot of talk during the week about, you know, how backup players they were going to get into the game. And Brian Kelly really took responsibility for his team being in the wrong frame of mind uh, for the Ball State game. So they're kind of on, I mentioned in our podcast, they're kind of on red alert uh, when it comes to that. and They don't want to, you know, Georgia will get here. No matter how you no matter how you view this game and approach the New Mexico game, you're still going to go to Georgia in the same day at the same time and play them at the same time that it's scheduled for. Uh, so you might as well put that in the back of your mind. And you know, I think having the the 12 days between games, I think, helps them uh, be a little bit more hungry to get back on the field. So they're 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 pretty determined to avoid that second game letdown that they experienced last year. Yeah, that second day game letdown last year was obvious for a number of reasons, and I think the most obvious of those reasons was the big win over Michigan the week before. Uh, Tim, one quick hit, and I'm going to look ahead a bit just because I can, and the players know they're not supposed to do that, but besides getting a win, what do you need to see this week to think that the Irish can compete with Georgia next week? Well, there there should be there shouldn't be any offensive blips against this New Mexico defense. They lost their top eight tacklers from last season. They weren't very good with those eight guys last year uh, defensively, anyway. So I, yeah, I think you'd like to see the offense just start humming from the outset, have a good good first half, so that you know I think you still start Ian Book in the second half and let him uh, get off to another good start in the third quarter. But you want Phil Zirkovic to have the opportunity to just play and run the offense. So I think that's number one. And then number two, defensively, there are some tricky aspects of the New Mexico offense. It's a it's a spread option type uh, attack. I don't think it's as problematic as the Louisville attack was, uh, but it can present some problems. So you'd like to see the defense. I, I put it this way. I think Notre Dame should, uh, 
exceed the uh, half of century scoring mark, and uh, New Mexico shouldn't uh, shouldn't reach the twenty point mark either. Okay, well, we'll get to the details of that in a minute or so here. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by our friends at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba. This is the 327th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. Shine a light into my room. I'm sure the morning sun can eliminate my gloom If it shine a little light into my room All I want is some sunshine, sunshine Shining through these windows of mine And I want it to be easy, easy Bushy. Treat each house as if it was your own. Our mission statement at Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Hi, I'm Jim Bushy. At Bushy's, we're proud of our home improvement products that we offer, and we are even more proud of the award-winning installers who will come to your home. Right now, take advantage of our 12-month 0% interest payment plan, and estimates are always free. So call Bushy's at 456-1247, stop into our showroom, or check out Bushy'sFW.com. Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Your clear choice. Your clear choice is Bushies. Your clear choice is Bushies. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiva. Since Chip Long took over as offensive coordinator in 2017, the Irish are 23 and 4. Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba is a full-service accounting firm dedicated to providing professional, personalized service and guidance for a wide range of financial and business needs. Hey, I'm Kirk Herbstreet, and I watch college football like it's my job. It is your job. I know, but sometimes I like to get out of the booth and chill. Here, have a Coors Light. Thanks. So, where was I? You're on my couch. In my spot. Oh, is this your spot? It's a nice spot. Great view. Make Saturday mornings even more chill with a fridge full of Coors Light, the official beer of Saturday morning. 2019 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The number seven Irish are at home this week against the New Mexico Lobos. TV coverage on NBC starts at 2.30 p.m. South Bend time. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero, brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Mastercraft, and Premier Pontoons, we share your boating passion. And now we continue our series on the great defensive players of the last 60 years. Last week, the great Alan Page. This week, another high-achieving defensive tackle. From 1967 to 1969, Mike McCoy patrolled the defensive line for the Fighting Irish. He combined great size, reach, and quickness that enabled him to not just make a lot of tackles, but to deflect passes as well. In 1969, he was a consensus All-American and was so good he actually ranked sixth in the Heisman Trophy voting. He went on to an 11-year NFL career. After football, he has gone on to head up Mike McCoy Ministries with a goal of inspiring school-age students to make good decisions, stay away from drugs, and to empower them. Tim, Mike McCoy was a bruising defensive tackle. But it's interesting to note that in his two years as a full-time starter, in addition to being a top tackler, 
He blocked 14 passes at the line of scrimmage and had two interceptions. Tim, Mike McCoy was just a tremendous athlete. He really was. I mean, a true prototypical interior defensive lineman that dominated dominated the game. I, I would, I've gotten to know him a little bit uh, since his playing days, and he's an even better person than he is, was a football player. Just a great quality human being. But, uh, you know, I mean, just... I, I, again, I said the prototypical interior defensive lineman that could dominate a game from the middle of the defensive line. McCoy uh, was a first-round draft pick of the Green Bay Packers, number two overall in 1970. The first pick that year was Terry Bradshaw. Mike McCoy, another Marina at Lake Gage all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish Victory. New Mexico is 1-0. They have finished at 3-9 each of the last two seasons. They defeated FCS Sam Houston State on Labor Day weekend, 39-31. Offensive line coach Saga Tuatelli takes over as interim head coach for the ailing Bob Davey. In that first game, the Lobos' defense gave up 558 yards of offense, including 443 yards passing. By the way, last year the Lobos' pass defense was ranked 104th in the nation. In the Sam Houston game, the Lobos not only gave up a lot of yards, but they lost senior defensive lineman Aaron Blackwell for the season to injury, which leaves them with just one returning starter from last year. Offensively, the Lobo quarterback position is unsettled. Tavaka Tuioti may be the best athlete on the team, but he didn't play last week, but he appears to be ready now. Last week's starter, Brant Hughes, is also promising. Senior running back Amari Davis went over 100 yards and had two touchdowns against Sam Houston. But in total, the Lobos only managed 145 yards on the ground. Tim, it would seem that the Lobos won a pass first. They do look to be solid on special teams, but that offense may struggle against the Irish pass and rush defense. What is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? Well, getting Tuioti back is, is key to them. Brant Hughes is injured. He started the game at Sharon Jones, who's a, a, t- a Tennessee transfer, is more of the running part of that tandem. But the word out of New Mexico is that Tuioti will, will start and probably be the only quarterback they face. And then talked to, having talked to Bob Davey this summer, that was the guy that he was, he was pointing to. But, you know, you mentioned, Phil, uh, the ability of Sam Houston State to throw the football against them. I think Notre Dame will be able to throw it at will. I think what Notre Dame would like to do, however, is, and we mentioned this last week, is establish a run again. Uh, that's going to be something they're going to need to do the following week against Georgia, and that will be very difficult for them to do. So I'm not sure that I'm giving you a, an exact key, but I personally would like to see them run the football successfully. Uh, if there's an area in New Mexico that is the best aspect of their defense, it would be their defensive line, although, as you mentioned, their nose tackle Blackwell is out. Well, establish the run is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish? Key player for the Irish? Well, I take your pick at running back. Uh, I, let's, you know, Tony. We know Tony Jones will most likely get the most carries, but I want to see who emerges behind him. Um, I think you know you would indicate you think it could be Kyron Williams. I think it could be Sebo Flemister. Um, I don't think that the game is going to be in doubt. So we're going to look for those uh, peripheral players that can uh, put Notre Dame up to have Notre Dame pull away from New Mexico. Okay, a nameless, faceless running back. We do have a, a group from which that 
player could come from. That is your Aspen Mortgage Keep Irish Player this week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the Injury Report, brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 19 Indiana locations. Tim, how do the Irish stand health-wise heading into Game 2? Well, we know about Jafar Armstrong being out, of course. Uh, everybody's waiting to see exactly what Norton does with, with Cole Komet, the starting tight end. Uh, we debated this back and forth on our uh, podcast today, but or on uh, Thursday, rather. But, uh, you know, I, Komet, now they're going to be very careful. They want him ready for Georgia. He's the kind of guy that he probably doesn't need a ton of reps against New Mexico and risk things. Uh, and allow to himself to heal maybe a little bit longer or another week before they go to Georgia. But that'll be the guy we'll be keeping an eye on to see if he's back in action. Okay, and any news on Michael Young? Michael Young suffered his injury 13 days after Cole Komet. I don't think he's going to prove to be as quick of a healer. We're still looking at the Michigan game following the bye week. Um, I imagine he could get in against USC two weeks prior to that. But whenever you have that bye, they want to preserve him and give him that extra week of of, uh, recovery. So he's not really in the picture, although Brian Kelly indicated he was a week behind Komet. I think that's a little bit of an exaggeration. Okay, thanks, Tim. And that is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. And it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated Prediction, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. Tim Priester, Vegas has the Irish favored by 35 points over the Lobos. What does America's foremost authority say? I think that 35 is a workable number for Notre Dame. I had Notre Dame uh, not covering and going under the total last week, but I, I really think that Notre Dame is going to be able to score at will against New Mexico. We talked about the yardage that Sam Houston State had over 550, I think it was. If they can do that, Notre Dame can do that. I mean, this list literally could be a six to 700-yard day for Notre Dame. Probably said that prior to the Ball State game last year, uh, but we also mentioned the things that they have going for them. So I, I, I think it's a good day for Notre Dame. I think you'll end up feeling better about them going to Georgia, not that there's a direct correlation to that game um, as far as productivity against New Mexico carrying over to Georgia. But I think Notre Dame uh, pretty much walks away from this. New Mexico has a very good kicker. Their special teams are good. I'll give their kicker three field goals, and I'll say Notre Dame 54, New Mexico 16. ND 54, New Mexico 16. That is Tim Priester's world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. Uh, Tim, I just don't think there's any really good argument that can be made for a letdown by the Irish. Uh, It's going to be quite the opposite, in my opinion, Uh, Although I could conceive of a motivated New Mexico team playing for their ailing coach, that's something I've thought about. Uh, That said, even if the Irish play no better at all than they did against Louisville, they're going to roll in this game. Notre Dame 52, New Mexico 13. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.